0: Hi, and welcome to Transforming Healthcare Applications and Technology. I'm your host, Zach Donish, and this is a sister podcast of Transforming Healthcare Information Security, completing the good old this or that theme. This podcast is sponsored by Chime, the College of Healthcare Information Management Executives, and its two sister associations, AHIT and AHIA. Now, you may be wondering, what do all those acronyms stand for? Again, it's CHIME, the College of Healthcare Information Management Executives. It's a 27-ish year old association for healthcare IT executives and leaders. And a couple of years ago, CHIME built out uh, its leadership development and training programs to include AHIS, HIT, and HIA. Three associations that help work with chief information security officers, chief technology officers, and chief applications officers, and their equivalents, as well as directors and vice presidents within the organization that perform a number of different functions related to those causes. Transforming healthcare applications and technology is really about digging deep into a lot of the knowledge that's out there, whether they're members of our associations or in the general healthcare information technology space. There are a lot of ways to get media about healthcare information technology. It's a huge industry. But I'm hoping that you, listener, will find that transforming healthcare applications and technology is one great piece to add to an already dense field of information out there, mostly because we're talking to people that are doing the work inside the industry. And a lot of them are very active and very intelligent and leaders in this space. For our first episode, we're talking to a former AHIA board member, Josh Cormel, from Rady Children's Hospital. More about staffing for the future, as well as his role as Chief Data Officer. His role as Chief Data Officer fits in well with AHIA's mission to promote the work that Chief Applications Officers and other leaders and executives inside of the application space do. But we certainly talk more about technology as it relates to AHIT's mission, which is, of course, to reinforce the work that the chief technology officer and the IT equivalents across the industry are doing. I hope you enjoy my interview with Josh Cormel from Rady Children's on staffing for the future and more about his role as chief data officer. I'm joined by Josh Coromel, Chief Data Officer at Rady Children's Hospital in San Diego. Josh, welcome to Transforming Healthcare Applications and Technology.
1: Thanks for having me, Zach. Appreciate it.
0: I appreciate you uh, taking the time. So I guess uh, you're the Chief Data Officer at Rady Children's. How did your background prepare you for your role as Chief Data Officer?
1: Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty good question, I think, because as I was uh, coming up through the ranks and developing my career, there was no such thing as a chief data officer. Um, so I think, you know, my, my background has been in, an interesting one in that, uh, you know, I started out actually in the uh, clinical research realm with a bit of scientific uh, background and training and, and definitely some uh, statistics involved there, and in, as well as with my uh, graduate studies. Um, so, you know, I, I think that helps kind of uh, laid the foundation uh, for that but then also you know my work um, you know moving on from there you know moved into the healthcare technology implementation realm in particular EMRs and I think that kind of helped develop a robust skill set and understanding you know clinical operations and uh, you know technology as, as it relates to healthcare operations and I, I really see that as fundamental to the chief data officer role because uh, You know, it's the way I view it, and I think a lot of others have have come to view the role in the industry is that it's not the chief, uh, you know, data scientist or data scientist in chief. It really necessitates somebody having a mixture of those backgrounds, somebody that understands the science and how it can be applied, understands the underlying technology, you know, where the the data is uh, derived from. Uh, but then, also somebody who understands its application within the operations realm, both both clinical and operations, and I think you know my my background has helped create a, a melding of all three of those areas and allowed me to excel in this role.
0: And that meld, it sounds like, is really just a collection of all of the best parts of healthcare IT. So how does your role then support other leaders within your organization? I imagine it's a lot like your background in that you have this sort of melded or this blend of everyone else and in terms of the support you can provide for them.
1: Uh, definitely. Uh, I mean, I, I have a real key partnership with with the CIO. He he and I are real key uh Uh, strategic partners in really defining the the future vision for for information management here in the organization. And, um, you know, I play a real senior support role to him, Uh, you know, not only with respect to to vision, but also execution and, and tying together a lot of the different worlds, you know, both technology, clinical ops, business ops. Uh, but then, you know, from there, you know, I also work real closely with the CISO. It, you know, in our organization, security actually rolls up through me. So the, the CISO is actually one of my direct reports, which is um, very unusual and uh, unorthodox um, in uh, in the industry as it stands right now. But, um, you know, stepping back, I actually think that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, potentially that may not be too unusual in the future because, um, you know, the CISO and I have a very tight partnership because, as you look forward, you know, a lot of the challenge, you know, before security right now is finding all of the uh, the concerning data, you know, in the, the proverbial needle in the haystack, if you will, of you know, malicious activity. Can you find the the uh, uh the, the real concerning information and all the noise that's out there. So you know we're we're partnering on a lot of things and, and really leveraging new capabilities in in the data realm, you know, and applying it to security. And you're seeing a lot of the evolution in security tools along those lines like uh, seam technology and and what have you, and so I think there's a real tight mirroring of the roles there, and then, um, you know, the CTO and I work a lot together as well, um, because, you know, it's really important to have, uh, you know, we, we can't do anything if we don't have a solid infrastructure, you know, of, of iron and pipes that are that are running everything, so he's he's a real key uh, collaborator in, in making sure that we're able to do what what we can do, and, and, you know, in all reality, I think, you know, turning the partnership back and seeing how we can help Infrastructure, you know, run, you know, even more crisply in the organization by providing, you know, data and intel back as far as, you know, potentially, you know, developing advanced predictive algorithms when, you know, servers are, uh, you know, not operating optimally and helping them identify uh, ahead of time when there's going to be a problem. So I think really partnering in in new ways to apply uh, the emerging technology here, not just, uh, you know, towards clinical operations, but all facets of operations in the organization.
0: Mm-hmm. And jumping back to the idea of the CIO and your partnership, I've often heard the chief data officer be described as uh, kind of this uh, yin and yang uh, relationship with the CIO, where the CIO is going to extract and make sure that the data is great when it comes out of the machine, and then it's the chief data officer who then takes that data and then actually applies it, does something, and creates you know something innovative with it. Um, yeah,
1: I mean, it, I mean in our organization, I, I report to the CIO, and, mm-hmm. and so I, I think yours is, is a fair um, model to articulate, uh, although, you know, I mean, I think the way it's, it's maybe structured in our organization is that this is, it, it all still rolls up to the CIO, but I'm really his point person, you know, for, for both strategy and execution in the data realm because the, the purview of the CIO is so great in order to, to you know, really focus on leveraging the power of the data uh, that that is now at our fingertips that wasn't years ago to really revolutionize both, you know, clinical care and operations. You know, the CIO needs a a dedicated team underneath them to actually make that happen. And I think that's the role that, uh, you know, myself and and others of my ilk help, help to fulfill.
0: So with kind of the CDO being this innovative in this new position, what sort of innovation are you driving now as the CDO? What are you changing for your organization?
1: Um, you know, I, I think uh, what wouldn't surprise a lot of people is, you know, we're we're really um, looking to drive data liberation, and you know, what I mean by that is is making data, you know, more accessible, more transparent to the masses, um, and in uh, you know more more easily uh, capable of being leveraged to improve different operations, as I spoke to before. Um, I, I think that's one of our our main clear objectives that we're we're driving right now and seeing some some initial value from. And another, I think, is encouraging adoption of enterprise tools and strategy, because, uh, you know, talking with a lot of my peers out in industry, I think there are very few organizations that have centralized analytics structures, um, that it's, it's usually what's called uh, federated models of, of analytics uh, solution delivery throughout organizations. But, uh, you know, some organizations have uh, uh, fiefdoms where, you know, some use exclusively Excel, others leverage Click, others Tableau, some Power BI, and, I think you get a mishmash and when it gets too devolved like that I, I think you have some uh, not only efficiency problems but is the organization spending its money in the uh, the best way and are there too many tools to the point where, where people are not truly um, functional on all and so I think for, for one of our innovations that we're trying to drive forward is the standardized adoption of, of those enterprise visualization tools and, and you know, creating a, a data literacy, you know, standardized to one tool uh, so that people know and how to access uh, information, but then can also learn how to do their own self-service analytics by, you know, developing those capabilities. So I think those are some, some key ones that, you know, would not surprise people in this ilk, but, you know, some other things in, in my role that I drive because of some of the other things that, that fall under my purview um, driving forward some predictive analytics and developing new algorithms again, that may not surprise people because a lot of people would associate that with the chief data officer, but some other things that uh, helping to push forward telemedicine um, and uh, and health uh, technology and, and leveraging mobility um, those are other things that that do happen to fall in my realm that i 've been kind of the, the the lead driver behind the scenes in our organization really uh, Spearheading adoption and finding champions and, and finding ways to to create some mainstream traction for these and utilization in our organization.
0: It sounds like a lot of processes have changed. And I guess, what process did your organization use to, you know, even decide that you needed a CDO?
1: Um, you know, I think um, like many other things, it was it was driven out of need, where we had a, a vacancy and leadership. And it, it was kind of a void that uh, was created. And, um, you know, in particular, it was over the existing data services and business systems department. And it made sense at, at the time to kind of create uh, a new service area that brought a bunch of these services together, you know, the emerging technologies uh, enterprise architecture, data services, web services development, business systems, and it was it was really that need that created it, if you will. That was kind of the the catalyst. But I think there was this underlying need of trying to provide greater structure and, and vision to our, our data capabilities. And that's where it was the, the merging that the CIO decided, you know, we need to merge of the, the business need with the technological capability and, and a champion to drive that in the organization. You know, because we, we got to the point in our maturation, we we've been on an EMR since before the advent of MU or, you know, meaningful use and, um, and the, the, the mandated requirements there and reimbursement. We, we saw the value proposition long before that was required and, and so we, we've had this data available for a long time. And so I think, you know, the, uh, over top of those other developments I just spoke to was, you know, us coming to that maturity point where we, we have a lot of data and we've spent, you know, we've invested a lot of resources in, in capturing that. We really need to use that data now to, to improve how we do it and, and what we do. And I think, you know, the, that was the vision of the CIO at that time is really needing to, to put some uh, muscle behind that vision and that thought in, in creating the CDO position.
0: And so with all those pieces of the organization coming together under your role, what other advantages beyond just sort of organizational clarity uh, are you finding exists now that you're you've taken over these different pieces in your organization?
1: Um, I think it's, you know, helping, um, you know, be an advocate and, and really connect the dots for, for folks that have had these needs. And. Um, you know, to have a dedicated focus to be able to create a strategy in this area, because the reality is, um, again, probably similar to many other organizations that are having challenges in our current industry, um, you know, with uh, being forced to run lean and and consolidation pressures, you know, everybody is is really focused on um, trying to survive, you know, in this this really uh, challenging environment we find ourselves in the industry right now. So, I think that, you know, one of the great things that has come out of this, the creation of the role, is having somebody focused on strategy and, and focused on, you know, creating a way forward in here that if, you know, if we had kept to our previous um, structure, our previous approach, you know, not having a dedicated focus, I, I wholeheartedly believe we would not have made uh, the progress that we have in this realm without having that attention paid.
0: So thinking big picture now, is the chief data officer something that we're going to see become kind of the industry standard in most healthcare organizations, a lot like the CISO is now, maybe compared to about 10 years ago?
1: I um, I very much think so. I know uh, I have a bit of a biased view in that, but uh, <laughs> I, I would say I very much uh, think so because, you know, as I uh, in particular, you know, talk about, you know, with our CMIO, uh, Cindy Kelps here at Reading Children, she, she's kind of coined this uh framing of of medicine in the 21st century, that it really is becoming a true information science. And, you know, by that meaning, you know, more and more practice is going to be driven by, you know, the best information that we have available, and that is not what's just documented in the chart. It It is bringing together, you know, information that we know about the patient, you know, at the point in time in our chart, you know, incorporating best practices, Um, you know, right there at the point of care and the best possible, you know, information or decision support, you know, genomics, you know, precision medicine, it it really is all about bringing together, you know, the right information at the right time to the right person. And you just can't do that without focusing on and understanding uh, the data and bringing in, you know, for example, socioeconomic data, you know, social media data, you know, for a given uh, area of proximity where a patient may live. I mean, that's all relevant and available now that it's totally revolutionary from where we were 30 or 40 years ago and is hence changing the practice and the potential uh, for medicine. And so I think, you know, the, the CDO is, is, I wholeheartedly agree, going to become a, a more prominent and, and ubiquitous role because it's going to be necessary, uh, as, as I mentioned, to, you know, really drive the unlocking and, and leveraging of the multitude of data that we have available. And, and you know, that role I think will be key in, in straddling those lines of science, tech, and op to really you know, provide the necessary support of, of you know, really what, what uh, we're terming, you know, the, the information science of the 21st century.
0: So it sounds like the chief data officer is something that really, when you look into the future, there's definitely a place for it kind of proliferating its way through the industry. I guess thinking then also into the future, how are healthcare organizations right now dealing with a shortage of capable IT professionals?
1: Uh, we're struggling, yeah. <laughs> you know. In, in all candor, um, it's uh, a lot of healthcare organizations. Uh, you know, we're we're either running lean or we're we're contracting out uh, the the work that needs to get done. But it's it's very challenging. In all candor, because we we need people with uh, different, more sophisticated uh, skill sets now, and and we compete not just against each other in the healthcare industry for this talent. We're competing against Silicon Valley we're competing against telecom uh, you know finance because the, the kind of people uh, with the skills that we're looking for they, they are needed across industries right now and so it's it's a it's a significant challenge in, in particular when you consider that these other industries um, have different, financial implications with respect to, you know, employment opportunities where, you know, the, the downward cost pressures that we're all facing in healthcare are not necessarily the same ones the, the other industries are experiencing. So it's a, a definite challenge that we have uh, yet to successfully overcome, but all of us are uh, on a daily basis endeavoring to figure out how to tackle.
0: And so what are some of those skill sets? I guess, what's the desirable set of skills that you'd want to look for when bringing in new blood into your IT department?
1: Um, you know, it, it really comes down to, you know, it, almost every IT professional now that, you know, we're going to be wanting to bring in the door, it, it comes down to, you know, coding, coding, coding. We we want people, you know, coming in, you know, to have the ability to script um, any number of things, to, to be able to automate as much as we possibly can so that we can run way more efficient and, and way more effective. I mean, we, every day... Uh, we have got to be figuring out, you know, how can we more and more put the blinking lights to to work for us, if you will, um, you know, leveraging the power of of informatics and you know less manual uh, intervention. And and by doing that, you know, then we want to really free up IT professionals to really use their brains and critical thought. That you know, analysts, we want to be not analysts, uh, you know, or informaticists. You know, we we don't want them to be such a name only. We really want them to use their brains. And so, you know, really moving these professionals in the realm of, you know, like I said, the coding and the scripting, but then to also doing, you know, hands-on analytics. I expect more and more of the the everyday IT professionals to understand what R and Python are and how to use those uh, tools that, you know, the, that, uh, you know, more and more people are going to have to understand how to uh, leverage data. And, then, you know, they, they may not have to be a data scientist, but, you know, can you understand, you know, with now the tools that they're developing, you know, how to interact with the data model? Can you test different models and, you know, run basic statistics, I, I think that's where we're going to have to push more of the average IT user because, to be frank, you know, we're, we're not going to be doing the, the massive EMR implementations that we've been doing for the last decade and in this industry. Now it is going to be much more um, uh, higher uh, cortex work, if you will, you know, really figuring out now that we've done that, that base layer of work, how can we take things to the more advanced level? And that's, that's the kind of professional we're going to need to do that kind of work.
0: In ten years, do you still see us coding in Python and R, or have we kind of moved on or, or found new platforms? I, I guess how do you see this evolving then? Ten years on, I imagine when the chief data officer is in every hospital, what else are we looking for?
1: Uh, yeah, then then I think it's an evolution beyond that because you know the the R and the Python those, those are attractive now because they're they're open source and they're ubiquitous. Um, but things evolve, like right, like you say, ten years—that's a long time in terms of technology—and so even. Um, an emerging one that I just learned about at a conference this week, um not to make a plug for an individual vendor, um, you know but uh, learning about a new organization uh, data robot, and you know others that are are no doubt going to evolve for that that ilk Where you know, new vendors emerge that they can serve up a tool that you don't have to design your own model or, you know, copy an open source model and and have the wherewithal to figure out, you know, do you have the internal skill to be able to apply that model in your environment? You can then now contract with a vendor that delivers a platform where you can can test your data model against the 70 best uh, algorithms that are out there right now or, you know, the 70 best uh, predictive models out there to see which one is, is a best fit for your data model. I mean, that's just today. So as, as you point out, 10 years from now, I, I think there are going to be um, uh, big changes that, you know, we may not need people to do as we do today, you know, that right now that coding and description that we want them to do, but to, for them to have that base knowledge now and then move as we go down the next 10 years, that base knowledge will still be valuable even though I may not ask you, uh, you yourself to create those models, you have an understanding of those models. Um, 10 years from now and using the latest tools that are available, that will still be fundamentally important.
0: Sounds like it's going to need a check-in in maybe five years considering how fast yeah, technology is exactly. moving. One last question exactly. for you, Josh, and again, I appreciate you jumping on the show with me. Any other changes that you see in store for healthcare IT when it comes to workforce development? Are we really going to see maybe machine learning make huge advances? You know, what do you, you know, take a look at your crystal ball. What do you see?
1: Yeah, I definitely, um, Machine learning is is along those lines of, of, uh, you know, greater involvement of AI and analytics in general. Um, Again, just had another great talk with uh, somebody this week at that uh, conference that I was at that really, you know, taking some of the mystique out of AI and machine learning, it it really is just software, um, you know, that is is scripted to make – uh, you know analysis easier, but at the end of the day, it is still software that is designed by a human and so I think to the to the point of your question is that, you know what are those skill sets that uh, you know we 're we're, we're looking for it is greatest skill sets for those humans that are involved in and I do see it growing and, and us expecting more and more of the healthcare i t workforce that you know more of a merging of skill sets that your average i t professional is not just going to be an i t person we 're going to start to see. Mergers along the lines of they need to be part, you know, management engineer. They need to need to be part decision support analyst. Uh, they need to be part quality, you know, improvement analyst, and and you know, part project manager. You know, part coder, uh, because I think you're going to need all of those skill sets that when you walk into a room. And that there's a, a challenge that's been brought forward. You're going to need all those tools in your tool belts, you know, in the next five, ten years, to be an adequately capable professional to deal with it. Because just being able to build a workflow in an EMR or, or you know, uh, configure a, a desktop, that that's not going to be what's enough. Those are going to be things that. We have easily automated, um, you know, five years from now, given the capabilities of, of uh, technology that it's going to be so easy for us to do that what we are really going to need to sink our teeth into are going to be these more complex problems that are going to require more of these multidisciplinary skill sets.
0: Josh, thanks so much for talking with me here on uh, Transforming Healthcare Applications technology. and
1: Technology. It's my pleasure. Thanks, Zach. <laughs>
0: Again, special thanks to Josh Cormel and his team over at Arady Children's. I had the chance to visit them out there, and they're doing great work. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Transforming Healthcare Applications and Technology. If you're interested in more information about AHIA and AHIT, you can visit us online at ahia.org and ahit.org. That's A-E-H-I-A dot O-R-G or A-E-H-I-T dot O-R-G. Both associations are for leaders in healthcare that either focus on the applications or software side, including data analytics and informatics, or the technology side, whether that's working through call centers or uh, certainly uh, installing tablets and really working on some of the nuts and bolts of healthcare IT. There's a lot of work to be done, and together we can do more. That really is the spirit of association work. And hopefully, if you're a leader or executive in healthcare information technology, you can join one of our associations. In addition to AHIT and AHIA, we also have AHIS for Chief Information Security Officers and CHIME, of course, 27 years old now and continuing to grow and prosper. CHIME is for CIOs or their equivalents, really the highest rank inside of healthcare IT, doing more for patients. CHIME stands for the College of Healthcare Information Management Executives, and we certainly hope that you'll join us, if you're one, in transforming healthcare information technology. You can find more online about CHIME at chimecentral.org. Again, this has been an episode of Transforming Healthcare Applications and Technology, of course, our first episode. We have many episodes planned for the future, including interviews with members and non-members, and hopefully going to bring you a ton more information about healthcare information technology, not only as it stands today, but a lot of people's visions for the future. Tune in next month for another episode of Transforming Healthcare Applications and Technology. I'm your host, Zach Donish. I hope you'll join me, and thanks for listening.